0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. All narrated by Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's Always Cheating Podcast. From Holland, Zlatan, Messi, Rapino, and many more, each episode will focus on historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after this episode and check out Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prospects 101, brought to you by our partners Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. This is the show where we discuss and analyze football prospects on all levels beyond the industry standard. High school, college, the NFL draft, you name it, we cover it. You can follow and interact with us on all social media accounts at Prospects101Pod. I'm Kenny Keller, and I'm joined by my only co-host today, and that's Brandon Pastel. What is up,
1: Prospect fans? It's going to be a great show, talking some Mountain West football. Extremely excited today.
0: Yes, yes, extremely excited to keep the train moving and, and keep this Mountain West Conference preview week going. And as Pastel just mentioned, we're going to be talking about the prospects of the Mountain West Conference and, and what who to look for this Saturday of guys who could be playing on Sunday. So without further ado, let's just hop right into it we didn't have any day one prospects. Now, Brandon, what was your rationale behind that? And is there anyone that could potentially play their way into a day one uh, pick?
1: Yeah, so I think as far as the the day one players, we're really talking the top 32 players in in the nation, right? And I would argue a lot of the Mountain West's top prospects are on the wide receiver position. You know, you got like, Khalil Shakir, Warren Jackson, who I think has a opportunity to really ascend himself this, this upcoming year. You got some guys on the the, the back end on the, the like the safety position, like Tariq Thompson. All these guys are very very good prospects, and we'll get a little bit more in, uh, in depth about them here shortly. But there's just no way that you can tell me that these players are going to pass, mm-hmm. you know, guys with the likes of uh, Jamar Chase. You know what I mean? Guys, the Alabama receivers uh rondell moore from purdue and then all these safeties that that we've mentioned it's it's such a deep wide receiver and safety position uh this year's upcoming draft and that's probably the arguably the best two spots for the mountain west so even though these are two very like highly uh sought after positions for the mountain west as far as you know projecting them to the nfl level it's just they they won't crack the, the top 32 i just can't see it happening if there was one player that has the opportunity, I would argue, isn't a skill position, and that's probably going to be the offensive lineman from Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this guy is unbelievable. No one, Laufenberg. He, and we'll get – again, we'll kind of, I guess we'll just start, start off with it, man. He's one of my top yeah, day two start, prospects. Start out with him. Uh, he's got a high motor, extremely, extremely tough. Uh, he's known for, like, that mean streak. He kind of just gets into the game, and just from four quarters all the way from whistle to whistle, the guy just not, not, he just does not stop and he's got to be defensive lineman's worst, worst nightmare because of his ability to, one, being in the triple option offense, chop block you occasionally, mm-hmm. and then, two, he just goes to that second level, third level if he has to. Like, he just will always be moving until that whistle blows. Uh, he's extremely productive. He produced at 81.1 in the run-blocking game, which was eighth among all guards last year, and he's only allowed one sack in 274 career pass block snaps in his career. Wow. I mean, the only, only con for this guy – He's six foot three, two 295, so he's got the good size. He's got the motor. He's got the skill. He's very athletic. The only con for him is that he's been playing in a triple option often. So he have to really translate that to the pro style offenses that we see in that spread offense that we see in the NFL today, and that's just going to be a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Like I believe he's going to be fine in the run game, but from the pass game, he's got to learn whole different types of pass block sets, um, understand the, the, the terminology, if anything, it's just, he just never got exposed to that in college football. So it's just something that he's got to work on. If you're a coach, you've got to love the, the potential of what he can be. Um, and, again, talking about his athleticism, this guy played baseball, football, and basketball wow. in high school. So there, it, this guy's not that stereotypical Air Force alignment that you know. He's just very gritty. He's, you know, six foot one, 300 pounds, just very smashed mouth. And this guy's extremely athletic, extremely good for his size, mm-hmm. and I think will project well into next year's NFL draft and has the potential. If there's one guy, like I said, that has the potential, it might be him that can ascend himself into the first round.
0: Yeah, well, I think the good news is with Nolan is that, you know, Air Force for a triple option team tends to pass the ball a lot more than Navy and Army do. Like, you know, you look at Daryl Hammond's numbers, and he passed for a lot more yards last year than those quarterbacks did, uh, like Malcolm Perry or at the other service academy. So I, I think even though it's a con that he's going to work on his passing game, I don't think he has as far to go as if he was coming from a a, a different service academy. So that is a good thing. That is something he can lean on moving to the next level. Now, speaking of passing, this team likes to pass a lot, and you know, with a receiver like this, why wouldn't you? Why don't you fill us in, Brandon, about Khalil Shakir, the wide receiver from Boise State, and what you see in him?
1: Yeah, so Cleo Shakir, he got really busted out onto the scene last year after a freshman year that only resulted in 16 receptions and 170 yards. So last year as a sophomore, he had 63 receptions, 872 yards, and six TDs, and really ascended himself to be that big-time playmaker for Boise State. Now, Pro Football Focus, again, they ranked this guy as the fourth best slot receiver last year, only behind the likes of Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, and then Tutu Atwell from Louisville. This guy's... Ability to be in the slot, run, he can run pretty much any route. He's very dynamic. He averaged 14 yards running after the catch on all screen plays last year. I mean, just he's like a running back after he catches the football. Um, you're probably going to see him run at 4 4 uh, speed. He's extremely, again, he's extremely fast. doesn't have really that long speed, but for really that intermediate passing game, that's really, really where he excels. He's great catch radius good first step. Everything you really do like about him. Now, the only really negatives that you see in his game is, one, there's only one year of productivity on mm-hmm. on the the game tape. This is, again, why if he came out next year, I see him as a day two pick. The only, he can definitely, if he has two more years like this, potentially working himself, mm-hmm. himself into the first round. But I can see him kind of jumping ship next year. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got to be, I don't know if he can play outside. But I just see him a lot more in the inside. So, there's going to be some question marks you know, going to the NFL level. Can he be the X or the Z receiver? I don't know if he can. Um, I think he, even though he can run the slants very well, his comeback routes are pretty good. He's not always extremely fast out of his breaks, which I think allows corners occasionally to catch up to him. But overall, I think you got to love his big play ability. Whenever there's a big play needed for Boise State, you saw it. And I also believe now that the quarterback play is going to get a lot better this year, you might see his stats kind of really meet what I think he is as a prospect, and he really has sent himself to probably be a 1,000-yard uh, receiver, maybe closer to like a 90-reception type of uh, pass catcher, especially from the slot position. So he's a prospect. He's a junior. Uh, I think you got to love what he shows up on film. He's, he's got a high motor. He plays from whistle to whistle as well. He's very good in the pass blocking game. So you don't see that a lot with a really top-end wide receiver. So I think this is one, somebody that in the Mountain West position our, uh, conference, you've got to love to see. He's a, he's a big-time prospect big time star he's again I have the prediction that they you know Mountain or Boise State they can go 11-1 or 12-0 this year mm-hmm. and he's gonna be the their biggest star on that team so he could really make a name for himself and really set himself on that that stage this year with a good year at Boise State.
0: Yeah his production is gonna be interesting to follow you know Hank Bachmar was obviously a true freshman last year and he's, you know he was oft injured and, and split a lot of time with Jalen McClendon and now you have Uh, Bachmeier returning for a sophomore season, and you also have Jack Sears now who's there, who's more of a pure passer than McClendon was as well. So you have two guys who can really let the football rip. So I I would expect uh, a decent increase in production from that 63-872 stat line. Now, staying at the receiver position, now personally, this is my favorite prospect in the entire Mountain West Conference, I just don't think you can teach what this guy does very well, especially at his size. And that's the wide receiver Warren Jackson uh, from Colorado State. Brendan, where do you see him ending up, and what do you what do you think about him as a prospect? Well, I think
1: coaches are going to fall in love with his size. He's six foot six, two hundred fifteen pounds, and when you see that production, I think immediately what you know a lot of us would think about is like, oh, he's probably got a lot of red zone touchdowns. No, this guy had seventy seven receptions for over a fa- or eleven hundred yards. Eight TDs, and one of those TDs were 87, was an 87-yard touchdown uh, catch. So he really is a productive receiver that can really kind of do all the routes. He's not just a, a go-route kind of guy. He's not just a red zone threat. I think he has the ability uh, to play all over the field. Uh, he had the second-highest receiving grade against tight covers last year, only behind T. Higgins, which he caught 91% uh, percent of his catches, again, in highly contested areas. He does catch the ball away from his body, which I think is key. If you're six foot six, I mean, if you if you can go up there and really get the ball at the high point, there's no one that's going to really get it higher than you, right? Uh, and he he did it against big time talent as well. As far as like Alabama, his freshman year, he caught two touchdown passes. Uh, last year, he caught two uh, I think multiple touchdown passes against all the Power Five conferences mm-hmm. uh, games that they played. Now, as far as like kind of a little bit of the negatives, he's not a very Explose the player off the line, and that makes sense. You're six foot six, you know, pretty big wide receiver. I don't expect for you to be a 2 2 at well or Khalil Shakir, but again, he's still not very explosive during press coverage uh, opportunities that he saw. You could tell him he couldn't really shed those blocks or get off that line, which kind of delayed his route uh, running that he had. And again, he's not very good after the catch. I mean, again, I, I know that makes sense, but it's still kind of a negative towards his game. You want to make sure if you're going to invest a a second or a third round pick on a receiver, you want them to be a little bit more uh, dynamic of a playmaker. Now, I think he has the ability to do it. I think he's still it's crazy to say, but kind of growing into his body. And that's why I think you saw such a huge jump from his sophomore year to his junior year. If he can kind of maintain that and and if not improve a little bit more his senior year, then that's where I think you really start talking a little bit more day two, uh, second round potential with Warren Jackson.
0: If he's still growing into his body and he proves this year that he's fully grown into it, that's a scary, scary thought. From a guy who put up seventy seven catches and eleven hundred yards last year, that's that the, the rest of the Mountain West conference better take note because that's a scary thing. And Steve Adazio has got to be thrilled to have such an athlete on his size. And I do I think I think if he continues to improve, I think he'll be the first wide receiver taken out of the Mountain West just from pure size and production standpoint, it's all there. And if well, you're a coach, you got to, like, yeah, hey, I, I can't teach a guy to be 6'6, 2'20. So if he knows how to get the ball, I can teach him how to be, I can help train him to be a little bit more explosive. I can help train him to run a little bit crisper routes.
1: Oh, for sure. And that, and that offense is going to have a lot of returning stars. You got, I think, Patrick O'Brien, the quarterback. He's going to be more uh, developed this upcoming year. You got Trey McBride, I think, arguably one of the better tight ends in college football. Next year, I mean, just outside that top five group coming in. So they're going to be very explosive. Mm-hmm. The only thing is you, you have Adazio's philosophy coming to Colorado State, which we really don't know what that's going to look like considering, you know, he was probably more run heavy at Boston College, and now he's going to be at a an offense that has, you know, pass. I don't know what you would call him, like a, a very good quarterback, good receivers, good tight mm-hmm. ends, mm-hmm. maybe not as established of a run game. So it's going to be interesting how he utilizes the weapons that he has towards what his philosophy is, more or less. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, you know, they say great coaches, you know, they 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 adjust to what they have versus trying to fit their scheme to, to what they don't have. So if he's got a great passing off, even though he's a run-first kind of guy, if he's got a, gr- a bunch of weapons in the passing game, you know, if Steve is worth half a salt, then he's going to, He's gonna make he's gonna open up the offense, his offense playbook a little more and let him let him really open it up if that's the strength, I would think. I would hope so anyway. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Now, kind of switching, kind of switching gears and moving over to the defensive side uh, here with our Day 2 prospects, this is a guy who is was a very, very productive player on a top-five defense last year, and that's Tariq Thompson. Brandon, what do you think about him, and and what makes him so so such a, a, an appealing prospect?
1: I mean, he's a known commodity at this point. I mean, year after year, all he's doing is just continue to show up game after game. He's just very productive. I mean, last year he had 55 tackles, three tackles for losses, four interception, eight uh, pass breakups. In 2018, 57 tackles, two picks. But really, his best season might have been as a freshman when he had 64 tackles and five picks. Mm-hmm. I think he was a uh, USA Today freshman All-American uh, on the freshman All-American team. So it's three years in a row that he's been very, very consistent. He's got a good size. He's six foot, 200. Uh, he's got he's got average range. I would say he's more instinctive than mm-hmm. he is athletic, but he's not bad athletic. I, I believe he's probably going to run a four five forty. Probably measure okay at the combine uh, he needs to get a little bit stronger again his range isn't that great I think the thing that's kind of hurting his draft stock is again I have guys not it's nothing to towards him but I've got Caden Stearns I got Andre Cisco, I got guys like that Javon Holland I'm kind of really above him and then when you don't see safeties go that high anymore players like this who you know five six years ago could have been an early second-round pick, is now looking like a mid-third-round pick because the safety position just isn't, isn't highly as valued, I would argue, mm-hmm. in today's football. Um, but no detriment to him. He's a very productive player. I think you know what you're going to get with him. A uh, very good player, and he's been productive for three years. You can't. I love a guy that has three good years of game tape because I think that usually translates uh, to the NFL.
0: Most of the time, like you brought up earlier, it means you're an instinctive player. It means you can't – means... It means you're doing things out in the field that not a lot of people can do because you just you know how to play the game that that well. Like you have almost a sixth sense out there. Now, do you view him more as a strong or a free safety in the NFL? Well, I could see him more as
1: a, a – probably more of a strong safety, but I think he has the ability to go down and cover the slot as well. So he, he's going to be more of that do-it-all kind of safety. I think you will find him probably a little bit more in the box because of his ability to kind of cover – possibly even that running back out of the backfield because he is very instinctive. So I think you need guys like that in the box. Mm-hmm. Go out and play, make those plays. So I can probably see something a little bit more of a hybrid, that rover role that we mm-hmm. keep talking about. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's kind of that next guy that played more safety in the college ranks.
0: Now staying with the defensive backfield, there's a corner out of Boise who we were talking about this offline. His numbers really don't pop out at you, but he's he's a very, very good lockdown corner. And that's Jalen Walker. Again, out of Boise State. What 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 jumped out at you in watching the film, Brennan? What do you think about Jalen? Well, so I think the thing with him is, like, I feel like he never really got the opportunity to
1: really make those stat lines. Like, he had 10 pass breakups last year, but only one interception. And I think, really, what you saw was quarterbacks steered away from him. Like, they just didn't throw on him because he was a blanket out there against the team's number one wide receiver. So his stats won't pop because people don't throw at him. Like, that's not anything towards him. That's awesome. He shut down outside mm-hmm. the field. The thing with him, though, is he's only done this for one year. Like, where was he his first two years? He was nowhere. I mean he, I mean, he barely played for the most part. And then last year he just came on the scene and was one of the best cornerbacks in the Mountain West. And arguably coming into this year is the best cornerback in the Mountain West. So I think you've got to get beyond the stat line for this guy. Um, and then hopefully he's just able to duplicate what he did last year into next year. Because, again, he, he really didn't have anything going on for him in 2017 or 18. So let's see if he's able to do that. And maybe turn, you know, some of those pass breakups into interceptions. If you want to make a name for yourself in the Mountain West, think do you have to do things like that? Instead of 10 pass breakups, let's get four interceptions. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And do you think, like – is this a guy who you could see growing into a lockdown corner or do you think he's maybe going to be like a boundary or – uh like is he a guy at the next level who's going to follow the number one receiver all over the field or is he more of a zone guy? Is he more of a boundary corner? Uh wh- wh- Where do you see him ending up?
1: I, I see him more press coverage. The thing with him is, I don't think he's like overly athletic. I think he's probably high four fours. He's six foot one eighty, so he doesn't have incredible length, but he's got good length for a corner. So I don't. I think when you think boundary receiver, you think more of taller receivers, the Richard Sherman's of the world. Uh, but I think he isn't good enough to really follow every receiver. I think he's more of a lockdown corner on one side of the football field. I guess.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So you think you you think he's gonna stick kind of if they're in. He's not going to really follow the number one receiver all over the place. He's going to stick to his zone and, and, and be really, really good there. I think so.
1: I think so. He was more, more like the. Uh, who was that receiver played for Carolina and he played for uh, the Redskins just recently. Uh,
0: Josh, uh, Josh Norman.
1: Yeah, I can see a little bit more like Josh Norman. Like he just, hey, be an expert on your
0: side of the football field, and that's that's fine with me as a coach. Yeah, I mean, I hey, I'll take a Josh Norman any day of the week. You know that Josh Norman got paid a lot of money for doing that, so. Now, as we all know, in the NFL draft, day three players can make a tremendous, tremendous impact because they're, they're, most of them are a dime a dozen. But when you really hit on one, odds are you hit on the rest of your draft, and that really, really can take your draft to the next level. So I want to highlight some day three players who we think can make some noise and are top prospects in the Mountain West Conference. And I want to start with a tight end that I really like from Colorado State, and you brought it up earlier when talking about Warren Jackson, and that's Trey McBride, uh, again, out of Colorado State. Do you do you foresee him being one of the top five tight ends in college football this year, or where are you at on him? Well, according to Pro
1: Football Focus, last year he was among the top five tight ends with an 83.6 overall grade. So I know that's, that's stat-driven, and sometimes you have to go beyond the stats to kind of just look at the overall game tape of him but so that's what I did and and there was games where he was just catching three four or five balls on on a drive I mean he showed great hands for his uh for his body and not only that his zone blocking was unbelievable I mean last year he had what was it on inline blocking he only allowed two pressures on 94 base block snaps Mm-hmm. Like the guy didn't let many people be onto him. He's a pretty big dude. Uh, I want to say he was 250. Like, he's a bigger tight end, but he's very athletic. And out of 10 contested targets last year, he caught eight of those guys, eight of those balls. Wow. Um, so it kind of shows to his ability to be uh, a do-it-all kind of tight end. It's something that you don't really see in football today. I kind of ha- had him as a poor man's Pat Frymuth going into next year's draft, but that's mm-hmm. again he's a junior. I can't say that enough. He's a junior. So I have him as a day three pick, and I think some guys in the Mountain West, you know, diehard fans are like, hey, like, this guy's better than a day three pick. I agree in 2022. Next year, I think if he did declare, which we all have seen players declare that probably shouldn't because uh, I think they he, they think they have the ability to get drafted higher. If Trey Bryant uh, declared next year, he'd probably be a day three pick. If he waits another year, I can see him definitely being a t- day two with the potential being an early day one or a late day one pick. Um, but again, he, he's the one that do it all uh, tight ends, and he kind of shows up when you need him to. And that's really what I look for as a tight end is like in the big, big games. And it's, it's you know it's third and six. Who are they gonna throw it to? Who's the quarterback feel comfortable? And if it's not Warren Jackson, because usually if, if you have a six foot six wide receiver and <laughs> you throw it to that guy, but Trey McBride was definitely that next guy mm-hmm. in that offense.
0: Yeah. Now there's two running backs in this conference that I think are kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the league, and that is, um, excuse me here, and that is Xavion uh, Valaday out of Wyoming and Charles Williams, running back out of UNLV. Out of those two, which one do you think is a better prospect? And give me a little, and give me a little overview on both on what you see, what you see them doing, and and, and could either one of them play themselves into a day two pick, or do you think they're pretty solid day three?
1: I think they're both pretty solid day three picks, but I think that it's one of those guys that we—I we, mean—we can see them being very productive NFL football players. And we've seen year and year out now, probably more or less in the last six years, day three running backs absolutely can hit big for you uh, and be Pro Bowl players. I mean, who was the guy for Denver two years ago that was undrafted uh, and became a Pro Bowl player's rookie year? You know who was that Kenny
0: for for Denver, Denver Broncos? Patrick Lindsay.
1: Uh, Lindsay. Patrick Lindsay, yeah. So he was an undrafted player. So you, there is absolutely value at the running back position, probably more than any other position on day three. So Xavier Valadie, very productive uh, player. Kind of showed what he can do not only in the pass, uh, rush game, but in the past game. He had 1,265 yards rushing, eight TDs. He had over 200 yards receiving as well as two TDs. He's a very explosive player, uh, both back-to-back years, uh, freshman and sophomore years. He had runs – over 45 and 50 yards so kind of just goes to his Mm -hmm. show how he can be that home run type of player. I mean, he's six foot, he's buck 96, probably needs to gain a little bit more weight, but he's only a junior. So I think that's one of those guys that, again, if he wanted to come out, I think he could be a day three pick. He shows a lot of promise. Uh, He's extremely fun of watching that Wyoming offense. But I think the the better prospect of the two is Charles Williams, the running back from UNLV. He's five foot nine, 190, kind of, you know, pretty much around the same uh, size, maybe an inch or two smaller than validate, but the thing with him is people forget back in 2016, this guy rushed for 763 yards as a true freshman. Wow. I mean, this guy really showed the ability to just come on the scene and just be explosive from day one. Then he had a pretty bad injury his sophomore year after rushing for, like, 93 yards in the first game, and everyone thought, like, oh, yeah, like, this is it. He's going to be that next star in the Mountain West. And then he kind of recovered from that in- injury, uh, 2018. He had uh, over just over 300 yards rushing, but then last year, fully healthy, and just came back and exploded on the team or uh, on the scene. So he had over over 1,250 yards rushing the ball. The thing with him that I wish they would utilize him a little bit better in UNLV's offense is his ability to uh, catch. He only had seven catches last year, to the year before that, and his big-time freshman year, he only had four. So – the problem with that is it's UNLV, man. Like, I, just, I don't know what else to say. Like, they're not a very good football team. They don't really utilize him out of the backfield. They just kind of hand it off to him, and he does what he does. I mean, he's their best player on the football team, and their best way to win is to hand the ball off to him. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see them incorporate him more in the receiving game because if they can prove that he can catch, you know, 30 balls a year, then this guy absolutely would be a pretty solid prospect, you know, day three pick for any NFL football team.
0: Yeah, it's always it's always fun to watch the highly productive running backs get taken in the you know the third day because you're almost sitting there and you're like, dude, I could see this guy starting for my team. I could see this guy starting for my team. Look at his highlights. Look what he did. Uh, and, and, and so there is one position that continually outperforms their drafts. Their draft, you know, their draft position. It's usually a running back guy. It's usually a running back. That's it's always it seems like running back or corner are the two positions that you know day three picks end up being you know really elite players in the NFL and everybody's like where did they come from it's like well the writing was on the board they were super productive they just might not have tested out very well or didn't have that traditional size as I say with air quotes now staying on offense there's a there's a receiver I want to talk about who was the number one receiver in the Mountain West Conference according to Pro Football Focus last year, and that's Trey Walker from San Jose State. And that's saying a lot because Hawaii had three 1,000-yard receivers last year, but this guy ended up being Pro Football Focus All-American, first-team All-American, and, again, that's Trey Walker, wide receiver at San Jose State. Brandon, why don't you fill us in on him?
1: Yeah, a lot of people think he's one of the most underrated players in college football. He's five foot eleven, very uh, slight frame with a uh, – 5'11", 165 pounds, uh, he's pretty explosive last year. He had over 1,100 yards uh, catch uh, receiving. He has 79 receptions, uh, only two TDs. You would like to see his touchdown production to go up there a little bit, but he had he averaged close to 15 yards per catch as well. So I think a lot of people like what they saw in him from a production standpoint. He, he definitely gets separation when he's out of his breaks, which, you know, we said it before, you really win off the line or you win out of your breaks. And he really wins out of his breaks, which I think is a very good thing with his route running ability. Uh, he had the ninth most explosive plays of 15 yards or more in his college career over his tenure. So over the last three years in college football, he has the ninth most explosive, explosive plays, that being wow. 15 yards or more. Um, and he's had 53 of those plays. So wow. it kind of just shows like, he has a big-time, big play-making ability. Uh, I would say, really, his cons are he's not as fast as you think he is. Like, you see that stat line. You see those, you know, ninth-most explosive plays. Well, go watch his game. and Don't just watch his his highlights, his two or three highlights that, you know, are eye-popping. But go ahead and watch this a little bit more. And you really see, like, kind of down the field, he's not extremely fast. Like, the corners definitely stay with him. And this is in the Mountain West. So I do want to see how he translates for his bigger time talent and faster corners. And then at the end of the day, he's still pretty small. He's five foot eleven, 165 pounds. Unless you're like a two two Atwell, which you know you are just all all world explosive. I don't. It just is what it is. You like you don't see that translate into the NFL as much as you do in college football. There's always that guy, the Darren Scrolls of the world, two two Atwells, a couple of those guys that you can probably name. The Dortch uh, out of Wake Forest that Dorch, you think yeah. will do okay uh, in the NFL. But there's I can name you probably 17 more in the last year or two that didn't do that well. So while I do think he's underrated from the college football landscape, and I think he's a great college football player, I would argue he is not a big-time draft prospect. But he still shows value, and he, and he could absolutely prove me wrong, by the way. He could be one of those guys the next to two at well at the NFL level. I just don't see it yet. I would love to see him do it against bigger-time corners and faster corners, and then that would, that would definitely prove me wrong and kind of like make me change my mind on him to be a solid day three pick instead of what I I consider really a fringe day three pick right now.
0: Yeah. And and he's the kind of guy you take a flyer on late in the draft because, you know, he's obviously slight of frame. He's only five eleven, 165 pounds, which is far, far, far from prototypical size in the NFL for a wide receiver. But, He's a guy who can also score from anywhere on the field, and you'll take those guys on your team all day just to see if they can figure it out, if they can be that separating factor, because if they can, now you've got a guy who you can get the ball to on your own 10-yard line. You blink, and he's in the end zone with a 90-yard touchdown run or catch. So a very interesting prospect. Now switching over to the defensive side, there's a kid out in Fresno State. His name's Justin Rice, linebacker at Fresno State that... I really like, I really like his instincts. I really liked reading up on him and, and and seeing his film. What did you see that made you put him on this third day pick, Brandon? He's just
1: a very good linebacker. He's a thumper, which is crazy to say at two hundred and ten pounds. He's six foot two, two ten, and then you just watch the game and he just like lays the wood on people. It's kind of hard not to get excited about that. He's like what I would consider that traditional Mike linebacker who just doesn't have that traditional two hundred and fifty pound mm-hmm. size. Mm-hmm. But he plays like it. He's very extinctive. He tackles very well. He doesn't let people get by him. And he kind of commands the defense that you want to see. And those are those intangibles that you won't see on the scouting report, but you really see him kind of control that defense, gets guys aligned correctly and put them in the right position, which is why Fresno State's had pretty decent defense the last few years and he's kind of been the anchor to that defense. So I think that's what you love to see. You love to see that as a coach. Um I think he needs to obviously gain weight. He's not as explosive explosive as you would want him to be especially if you're if you're 210 pounds and you can't be explosive or really great in the coverage game then something's i just don't understand that like if you're mm-hmm. that small you should be able to do that as a linebacker and he does okay at it so what i'm thinking is if he were to gain 10 15 pounds will he lose that athleticism that he really can't afford to lose where he's at right now Because he's not right. overly athletic he's a good athleticism but he can't afford to really lose too much more or else you're going to find a 210-pound linebacker really only be a one- or two-down player, which doesn't really translate well. But you've got to love what you see on the film with him. I just think when those, he's one of those prospects. you got to continue getting that strength, in, uh, that strength program at Fresno State, continue to develop his body, get a little bit more quick twitch uh, muscle in his game because he's got everything else between the ears. So if you can kind of develop his body to maintain his athleticism, gain some weight, He's got everything else that you would love to see from a, a captain of your defense at Fresno state and something that you would love, if not as a special t- team player at the NFL level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you look for certain attributes on the defensive side when it comes to size and at 6'2" 10, you know, a it sounds more like a big safety than it does a linebacker, but B, if you're limited athletically nearly you're only 10, that doesn't necessarily bode well for for potential to to really put on weight, like you said, and do more. Now, granted, a guy like that though, with those instincts, would be a great special teams player. So this could be someone we see who hops on the special teams, and before you know it, you know he's making three or four Pro Bowls a year as a special teamer because he's he's six two two ten, but he's able to get down the field relatively quick, and he's got the he's got those instincts to get to the ball carrier. So be interesting to see if he can put on weight and follow his career and get and continue to stay keep that athleticism or if it hurts him and he's got to continue to drop down. Now, with that said, there's always undrafted free agents every year that turn out, you know, make rosters like we talked about earlier Patrick Lindsay in Denver. You know, guys like that who make impacts even as rookies. And now there's one guy you put on your honorable mention, which I'm assuming means they're at best a fringe Third day prospect, but in your eyes, an undrafted free agent. And I was really stunned because I, I'm really, really high on this guy. And that's Dom Peterson out of Nevada. He was all Mountain West Conference, uh, not only AP, but uh, as well as pro football focus, and just really dominant, man. He's been dominant his first two years as a freshman and sophomore with double digit tackles for losses, you know, three sacks, 12 sacks in two years. Uh, total brendan what what made you put him as an honorable mention versus a second or third day prospect
1: well i think he's he's still only a jun- uh, he 'll be a junior uh so I think he's one of those guys that again if you're talking twenty twenty two I agree with you he probably can not ascend to that third early third uh you know day two pick, but right now he 's only a junior. I just would love to see him be a little bit more productive on the offensive line he's only six foot and he 's kind of small, so I think when you 're talking about a six foot player uh, weighing in around 290, 295, then I want to see you got to be able to dominate. And when I'm saying dominate, I want to see double-digit sacks constantly, year in year out. First-team all that. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you want to really ascend yourself into that day two, or solidify yourself into a day three pick at Nevada, I mean, at six foot, I need to see game-changing type of game tape, and I didn't necessarily see that with him. Mm-hmm. So, again, he's only going in his junior junior year. So, this is – that's only two years of productivity. I mean, give him another year. So, we had, if we had the same preview next year, then I could see myself saying, like, hey, this is a great day three, if not day two prospect. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, the one thing that stood out to me was his tackle for losses. You know, he had ten and a half half his freshman season and 15. His sophomore season, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of a bigger Nikita Whitlock that's who he reminds me of he reminds me, like he's he's about the same height but he's got about 20 more pounds 25 more pounds on him but he 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 just his his knack for getting in the backfield i mean he even at 9 sacks last year as a as a d tackle d end hybrid like that's that's pretty impressive to me especially cuz a lot of that stuff came from the interior now who are some other honorable mentions that are undrafted free agents you could see sticking around on sundays and maybe making a maybe making an impact
1: Yeah, I think uh, Jacob Capra, the offensive tackle from San Diego State, he is probably going to get drafted. He's 6'5", 320 pounds. I don't think someone's going to let him slip into the undrafted free agency, just purely because, he's one, he's very productive, but he's also got size that is very sought after at the NFL level. I think Parker Ferguson, the other offensive lineman from Air Force, I think he has potential to get drafted late in the round, if not be a a priority, undrafted free agent. Uh, And then the other person that I'm in love with, I don't know if you draft a player that's really just purely special teams, but Savon Scarver from Utah State, mm-hmm. this guy with the world on fire a few years ago, and he was like an All-American kick returner. Uh, kind of dialed that back a little bit last year, but he still is one of the most dynamic, if if not the most dynamic kick returner in all of college football. So he'll find a spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. And he'll, ap- he'll absolutely be starting next year in the NFL, on an NFL roster team, but that doesn't mean you always draft just a kick returner, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think he has, definitely has... You know, NFL kick returning potential, just, you know, it's either going to be a seventh round pick or it's going to be a priority undrafted free agent.
0: Yeah. And I think at this point, the problem with kick returners and as important as they used to be, kick returns in the NFL are just so irrelevant anymore. I mean, every kicker in the NFL can kick a touchback from where they're kicking off, and it's almost not even close. I think what was the touchback percentage last year? I think like 68% or 70%. So, yeah. You know, you're talking seven out of every ten kickoffs aren't even returnable. And I think most of them now are calling fair catches, even if they catch it at, like, within the five-yard line. You know, they're not even trying to return it. So, unfortunately, that position is just getting phased out more and more. And hopefully, maybe the NFL will look one day, and this is going a little off topic, but maybe they'll look one day at what the XFL is able to do in their return and, and really bring it back into the game because it is sorely missed, in my opinion. But um, I do like – Seeing those guys as explosive kick returners get a shot and, you know, hopefully Scarver can get a role in the NFL and, and, you know, maybe use his explosive because I think the more explosive the NFL is, the more fun the NFL is to watch. But Next Dante Hall. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, this uh, this will wrap up our Mountain West Conference prospects episode. For everyone who's listening, make sure you dial in the Mountain West Conference. And remember, they have a new TV deal this year. They're going to be on CBS And on ESPN, or sorry, uh, CBS and Fox, majority in the big time games are going to be on CBS. So make sure you tune into that into those channels on Saturdays to watch the Mountain West Conference and watch these prospects who we think will most likely be playing on Sundays. So as always you can follow and interact with the show on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Prospects One O One Pod. We'll be posting throughout the week and interacting with our fans. We love engaging with everybody on our social media accounts. And you can also listen to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe and stay up to date with all of our episodes. And a lot we have a lot of great interviews upcoming. We have more great content, more conference previews coming down the road. We're not even halfway through our conference previews, but this is only the third conference we've covered. We've got nine more to go because we're also doing the FCS. So just make sure you give us a five-star review as well. We appreciate it. And it helps spread the word for everything that we do, and especially if you love our content, please, please, please do a five-star review and share this to all your friends. So we appreciate everybody listening. For Brandon Pastel, I'm Kenny Keller. Have a great day.